Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And I actually got an opportunity to hang out with Matthew Collar Sunday morning for just a brief amount of time as we sat there and ate breakfast together prior to kickoff at U.S. Bank Stadium, checking out the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and New York Jets, and joining us now would be Mr. Purple Insider himself, Matthew Collar, joining us here, courtesy of the uh, John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Uh, Matthew, it was fun uh, catching up with you on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see you. Uh, great that you made it out to your annual one game a year. No, I make it to two games a year. Come on. Oh, two, okay. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, it might be one. It might be one this year just because – the way things are playing, I have to leave town um, for the uh, the Christmas holidays this year uh, to be with family um, down in Atlanta, Georgia. So, so we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe I, I don't because the, the next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, I'm supposed to be out of town as well. And we've got the flex, right? We've got the flex in terms of that game being a Saturday game now. I think. And and who doesn't want to come down to the stadium to see the Indianapolis Colts come? Hey! To town? <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts, baby. The Indianapolis Colts. All right. Well, look, it was it was boring at times. I thought that the first half it was kind of ho hum. Look, the end of the game was exciting. Just um, in, in terms of looking how the defense, it was that bend but don't break type of scenario. But I feel like that's been the case the majority of this year. So, like, let me ask you this. Because Chris asked it to me earlier tonight. He said that, let me look back at when we did around the NFL. He says, another one possession win for the Vikings. He said, are the Vikings lucky or are they good? How would you answer that? I know what I said, but how would you answer that? Well, it, it depends on kind of what you mean. I mean, I think that they're kind of closer to, say, an 8-4 and four team than they are a 10-2 and two team uh, because – historically they literally have the lowest point differential of any team to ever be 10 and two. Um, so that usually uh, indicates that some things have gone your way. And I, I wrote an article about this today, kind of looking at the whole point differential and the one score game thing. And some of the one score games, they were really in command for the entire game. So like against Chicago, against Miami, like those are, those are kind of wins that they deserve to get. Uh, I think, Whereas, you know, against the Jets, I mean, toward the end of that game, the Jets had a better than 50% chance to win. Um, Detroit against the Vikings earlier this year had a 90% chance to win, according to ESPN's win probability model. The Buffalo Bills had a 90% chance to win late in that game. I think when the opponent has a 90% chance to win and you come out with a victory, most of the time that's more good luck. It's good luck that the Jets guy dropped the ball or that they didn't QB sneak or whatever in the red zone. I mean, you can't ever expect your team to just stop the opponent in the red zone every time. I mean, yeah. if Garrett Wilson doesn't step out like toward the 
you know, toward the goal line or whatever. Like if they had finished some of those big plays that they had, then we wouldn't even have the conversation about the red zone and everything else. They would have just lost the game. So you can't play with fire like that over a long period of time and expect to get win after win after win after win. Uh, where What they do have going for them, though, is this schedule that's coming up. I think Detroit's a fairly legitimate opponent. But after that, I mean, the Giants don't scare you at all. I mentioned the Colts, which is just a laughing stock right now. And you've got the two division opponents at the end that just want this season to be over as fast as possible. Like, you know, they have a chance to have some very impressive wins toward the end of the season to go into the playoffs healthy and feeling really good about themselves, like they've more or less found their identity. I think this year it's been kind of, you know, two steps forward and one step back a lot of times where you feel like in that New England game, oh, we've, you know, wow, really got something here with the way the offense performed. And then the next week we saw that a team with a good defensive line can often slow down this Vikings offense. And Kevin O'Connell talked about it on Monday and after the game where he basically said, you know, we, we can also, we're all allowed to finish a game on offense too. Like, if you're not punting four out of your five possessions in the second half, well, then you, know, you wouldn't have had to worry about the red zone stuff. So I think that they have not really been a complete team. Mm-hmm. They're 11th in offense, 20th in defense. Like Nothing about that says Super Bowl juggernaut the same way, say, like the Eagles look right now. And I think that that's, that's concerning because that's where the bar is set now. You, you get to 10-2, and two, we set the bar at go deep in the playoffs, make the NFC Championship game, get this freaking franchise to a Super Bowl because this is the year where everything is going your way. Um, but there's a lot of reasons to go, is that really possible with the way they've played? Yeah. No, we're talking to uh, Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. And, you know, when we talk about matchups and we talk about schedules and teams and, and stuff from one week to the next, it's not just about how you won a game but also about who you beat. What, what do you think of the Jets overall? Do you think that they're a good football team or, or not? No, I think they are. Yeah, I think they are. And that's why, like, a lot of these wins have come against teams that are at least formidable. I mean, so, like, you know, the win against Detroit, you know, Detroit at least has turned out to be a, like, they're an average opponent, right? And I would say the same thing about New England. It's a 500 team. It's a good win if you could beat a 500 or better team. The New York Jets are probably a little bit better than a 500 team. Uh, They clearly have an offense that has some playmakers to them, a decent offensive line, the quarterback position. I mean, Mike White, it's a nice story, but he should not be doing that to your team. Like that's just, so that's, that's how I think you have to feel is like respect the Jets, definitely respect Robert Sala and their defense. And, and, and we expected that to happen. We knew it was not going to be easy for the Vikings on that side of the ball. But the disturbing part was like, this is a backup quarterback. He's the third quarterback that they've played this year. I mean, you got to finish that game out. I mean, you're up 20 to six. Just, just end this thing. And instead, it was big play after big play. And you know, I was looking this up today that since 2010, only one team has made the Super Bowl that allowed as many yards per play as the Vikings, and that team had Tom Brady as its quarterback. So I don't think it's exactly comparable, right? I mean, yeah. It's it, where the defense is at is another thing that, you know, down the stretch, it just has to be a lot better than this. It can't even just be a little better. Mac Jones and Mike White dominating you does not exactly scream deep playoff run, but they've got 30% of the season left to clear some of these things up. It's just when you get this deep into the season and you go, 
yeah, you're 20th in points allowed and you're 31st in yards and like you're not a you're not an unbelievable offense that can you know assuredly overcome those things against good teams so how it you know how's this going to go but a lot of it will have to do with matchups i mean if you look at the way that the rams got to the super bowl last year part of it was the green bay packers had a punt blocked in lambo i mean I, i'm not convinced that the rams would have gone out to lambo and beat the packers last year but they end up with San Francisco at home instead. So sometimes it, it, it ends up coming down to those things. But I think that in comparing this team historically to other teams that went all the way, uh, this doesn't look like that at this moment. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. The defense has got to respond. They've got to be better. They've got to improve. They've got to do something uh, here uh, on the back end of this uh, season. You know, one of the interesting things about Sunday was just how off Kirk Cousins was. I thought that that was, I mean, that was just a, that was a bad performance. It was just, he looked bad. Like, you could tell he was just off uh, the, pretty much the entire game. He had a couple of really nice throws. Um, the, the Look, the uh, the touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson, uh, great throw, great catch, touchdown Minnesota Vikings. But, but the one thing that I will say about Kirk, and I've said this even beyond b- before just this past weekend and, and, and this season and, and seasons prior, is he has one tough quarterback, man. Like, he takes shots. And he gets up, and he just he keeps he keeps grinding away, man. He, he's nobody can call Kirk Cousins a soft quarterback because he's in there, and he's when 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 the offensive line is struggles and he's getting beaten up, he stays in there. He hangs in there. He he takes some tough shots, but he was just off. What did you make of his Sunday performance? Yeah, uh, well, I know Chris Tubbs is there, so I'll, I'll say this: that the New York Jets put on some unbelievable wrestling moves onto uh, Kirk Cousins in that game. I think I caught a stone cold stunner there at some point uh, that uh, Quinn and Williams did to Kirk Cousins. I mean, they were they were jumping off the top rope. Uh, they they were launching their bodies at at him, and I, and the, the concern there is how beat up is Kirk Cousins going to be by the end of the season? Now it could be really good for them. If he can rest for a week, in fact, that could be absolutely huge if they can get to the end and not have to worry about their playoff position and just go to, what is it, Chicago the last week and just not play anyone. That would be wonderful for them because Kirk Cousins, I guarantee you right now, is spending a lot of time in the cold tub. It's also pretty concerning that he sort of threw himself headfirst into a linebacker. He kind of went like, uh, you all right there, Kirk, after that? Um, I, I think that the interior pressure has been maybe as bad as it's ever been since he's been a, a Minnesota Viking. And at some point that just gets to you. Right. And I think that's mm-hmm. why he was inaccurate really from the very beginning is those big guys coming at him. It's not like he can really run away. He just kind of has to stand in there and take the shots. And it reminded me a little bit of like Sam Bradford in 2016, where the Vikings started out five and zero, but as the season went along, the guy just took so many hits and he, just like Kirk, got back up, and he was tough throughout it. But by the end of the season, he just felt like, okay, I, I don't know how many more hits that, that he can take. And that's where, you know, Kevin O'Connell, I think, has tried in some instances to move the pocket and to get the ball out quickly. And if you look at they're not throwing the ball down the field very often, which I think has to do with understanding your weaknesses to that interior pressure. But, but I don't know if there's a solution. Like, the solution might have to be, Hey, Kirk, just stand in there and take hits game after game. And I mean, if you get to the Super Bowl these days, you're talking about playing 21 football games potentially if he has to play on the last day. 
I, I think you do worry about that because I also felt like last year Cousins wore down toward the end of the year if you look at some of his numbers in the final few games of the season. So this is an opportunity this week to face a Lions team that's not super scary. And, and you know, the Colts have some decent players on defense, but again, like maybe you get ahead in the game and just run the ball. Um, it's not that you want to like take the foot off the gas because you want to see them put up big numbers. It's just that the defenses you're facing toward uh, the end of the season here are not like the Bills, the Jets, Washington, like those are some of the best, and, and of course Dallas, those are some of the best D-lines in the NFL, and he's taken a lot of punishment and got through it. Um, so now, like, for his for his health, the Vikings really have to hope that he doesn't face a lot of that same pressure the rest of the way. Yeah. All right, uh, give me your early thoughts on Detroit. I know it's it's really early in the week, and, and we'll find out more information about uh, how, you know, the health is of, of both uh, teams, but uh, just here on a, on a Tuesday night, l- looking at the matchup, I think Detroit is what favorite right now by what uh, a point and a half. Just you, kind of your early thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, and I know I've, it's the same thing we talked about with Dallas about the disrespect, and it's like, well, no, I, I don't think the gamblers are disrespecting you. I think that you just have to prove it at some point that you can run away from a bad team. I don't think Detroit is a bad team, though. I think that Detroit is a very strong team that lost a lot of the close games and that is actually getting better as they go along. And Jared Goff has played some really great football. I mean, we wanted the Vikings to blow somebody out. Detroit blew out Jacksonville 40-6 to last week. I mean, this team can really play. And the Vikings lost uh, at uh, Ford Field or uh, is it, uh, what was it, used to be Silverdome back in the day? Yeah. I mean, they lost their, they lost their last year to a team that had zero wins. So that's not exactly like an easy place to, to go against a division opponent. And I, I think that this one's going to be actually really tough on them um, because they can really throw the ball. They've got a great running back in Jamal Williams. I mean, their offensive line is phenomenal. And I think that if you saw you know them play against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day and then what they did to Jacksonville, like their defense is starting to pick it up, starting to get it together. So if the Vikings do win this game, I think that would show a ton of resilience after such a – physical battle that they just had against the Jets. And I think the Lions are one of those teams where we say they are actually better than their record. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, as always, man, it's uh, it's been a fun conversation. I will uh, catch you next week because we won't have a time to, uh, to interact here the rest of the week. But uh, I always appreciate your chats, man, and your conversation. All right. Sounds good, man. I will talk to you soon. All right. Matthew Collar. Check out Purple Insider. Uh, great weekly guest, not only on this show, but also on the Chad Hartman show. He'll be on the station more like this coming Friday. He'll be on with Chad Hartman as he is each and every Friday during the course of the National Football League season. All right, uh, we went a little bit over with Matthew. We're going to bump word on the street until the end of the show. But coming up next, I do want to say rest in peace to an icon next year on The Lake Show. Want to say rest in peace? To Mills Lane, the famous boxing referee. And look, when we talk about the sport of boxing and the sweet science, referees can be characters, man. Oh. And <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed him, man. I enjoyed him. He was one of, like, when you think about the last 30 years, he was one of the more popular refs. Oh, every. Like, he, he did the big fights. Yeah. And, and he was doing the big fights, and he passed away at the age of 85. So he had been out of the sport yeah. for a while. Mills Lane was as synonymous with boxing as anybody during that period of time. Yes. And, and the names, when, when boxing 
like the, the heavyweight champions were really the heavyweight champions and they were i mean it, it they were a part of the mainstream and that was hard to do i mean mills lane was you know a mtv celebrity deathmatch he was the referee for mtv celebrity deathmatch <laughs> like i mean and he's like let's get it on like that was mills lane you know michael buffer's got his you know his thing but mills lane has it oh man mills lane 85, man. I, I would have never thought that he got to be that old. Like no, he, he, I, he didn't look his age. I thought he was 85 like 40 years ago. Huh? I thought he always, I thought he always looked he a little. No. Really? He didn't look old. When he was refing, you thought he was super old? I thought I thought he, you know, I thought he looked a little you older. You sound than, old. No, I'm just saying that I, I thought he looked a little. Hey, no, come on. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. Hey, look. He did some of the biggest bouts, and one of the big ones that he did was when Mike Tyson bought, uh, bit the ear of Evander Holyfield. Listen to this audio of him just kind of talking about it for a few seconds after the uh, the fight was over. Why did you stop? How many times do you want him to get bit? I'm limited to everything, you know, including bites. Well, they That's out. why. Now, Tyson's camp will say that the, the headbutts were in Headbutt, unintentional butt. The headbutt was an unintentional butt, and, and, and I called his butt. Mills Lane wasn't. He was. Hey, he was not playing with the media. He was like, "Nah, that's a bunch of baloney. I don't want to hear nothing about these headbutts. The headbutts yeah. were not intentional at all. Trying to bite somebody's ear off—that's intentional. I had to stop it. Gotta you could. You couldn't say that today. Like you could not have an official, uh, a, a boxing referee. Say something like that to the media after because it would happen. Why not? So, oh, I mean, you can't. Of course, you could. No, you can't. We're not, even not more lax nowadays. What? Oh no! I mean, I, I everything would have to be explained and appealed, and nah, man, you, you don't think this, so? I just feel like he ma- got he was biting the man's ear. Mills Lane was totally justified for snapping at the media uh, like I'm, that. I'm not. I'm not saying he wasn't justified. He, he absolutely laid it out. Whereas. Hey, the official is the official. You respect their authority. But nowadays, there's always like a caveat, right? I mean, something's going to, okay, well, you can't talk like that. Like, everything's got to be more polished. Nah, that's just people want to make excuses. Ain't no caveat. Some things we just got to call it for what it is. What's wrong is wrong, and what's right is right. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that, but in today's day and age, you have to be more PC than Mills Lane was. Like you couldn't come out and and you know drop that sort of language and have it be acceptable because you'd have to come back and apologize and I what? mean yeah no Larry Merchant once said to when he got into it in the ring with Floyd Mayweather Jr. he said that he'd kick his ass this is the man that's that's part of HBO he said that to the boxer and and, and the boxer said what? and the boxer said back to him I I kick. Floyd Mayweather Jr. said to him, "I kick your old bleepity bleep," and that what 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 ten or twelve years ago, a lot's changed in society in the last ten ten years. How? Are I you mean, I, me? just, I just don't think you. Mills can Lane. That was the late nineties, and now now we fast forward to ten years ago. What's changed? Nah, man, I, I disagree with you. Like okay. we're not talking about podcast here. Like podcast, you can cuss and do it, say whatever, but like. People get loose with the language on on television sometimes, but I'm saying in 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 that 
sort of. You me- think that a that a current day referee would get reprimanded for saying what he said? I disagree with in that, that media environment. Yes, no, I disagree. Okay, I, to- I totally disagree. Okay, I-, I think that I think you can actually get away with more nowadays. Really? Absolutely. Okay, wow. See, no, I especially like- with UFC stuff, and we see guys in the ring with UFC stuff, and they get they get they get loose with it. But in in the ring is one thing when you're talking to the media after. But they talk to the media in the ring. Yeah, but I mean, though, to me, that's more of a show in the ring, in the octagon, you know, in that environment. You know, here he's surrounded by reporters, and he's the official. I I, I had to disagree with you on this one, okay. man. I've been right. in I've been in that UFC press conference and sat right next to John Jones and. And I'm not saying that the referees come in talking crazy. Whatever. I just don't think the environment's changed that much. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I love, I love Mills Lane was no BS. Like, he was a real one. <laughs> what you saw, you know, was what you got. And it was just, I mean, there's a reason why you can say Mills Lane and even the casual fans, like, yeah, I, I know who that is. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the iconic. You know, rants right there, absolutely. Rest in peace, Mills Lane. Rest in peace. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather, but I also want to dive into um, a topic that I think that a lot of people would agree with me on this, I assume. But look, college athletics, in terms of from a coaching perspective, it isn't about your character, and we need to be real about this. I'll explain next on The Lake Show. College athletics... It's all about wins. It's not about character when we're talking about these coaches. And I'm not even talking about Deion Sanders. Because I don't have an issue with Deion Sanders. I I have an issue with how he left Jackson State and how he entered Colorado. Because I think he disrespected players from both programs. But I think that we have to, at this particular point, do away with the the farce in thinking that it's about student-athletes. Nah, man. Them days are long, long gone. They're athlete students. The coaches are about their paper. Hugh Freeze was just recently hired as the new head football coach at Auburn. Hugh Freeze, um, the same guy that left Ole Miss in scandal with the, what was it, the, the escort service stuff? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. It's all about the wins. It's all about how far a coach can take. It's not about character. It's not. So can we just stop with that? Because we talk about sending players to go play for specific coaches and, you know, this person is going to be a great mentor and a, a, a leader of men. It's not about that anymore. It's not. And even on the women's side of things, too. If I had a daughter that was really good in basketball, I wouldn't send her to LSU to play for Kim Mulkey. 
I know I know that after what we've seen happen with Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, one of the greatest basketball players that ever played for you. And you don't give a damn about mm-hmm. her and what's happened with her over in Russia. I just we just need to call it for what it is. These people, all coaches, and I'm not saying that every college coach is a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even saying that Hugh Freeze is supposed to be expected to be a human being that makes no mistakes. So what in terms of the the escort services and all that? I'm not the person that's going to be overly judgmental like that. But my point in all of this is, because I I believe in second chances. I believe Mm -hmm. that people should get opportunities, whatever. He got an opportunity to go and be at Liberty. The bottom line, though, is this. Just say when you're hiring somebody that we believe that they are the best coach for us because we look at their track record of recruitment. We look at how they've won games. They take in certain programs to heights. We want to go to where this person's going. Yeah, they got some baggage. We'll deal with his baggage. Just say that as opposed to everything else. Yeah, but you can't play the moral clause if you do that. If you're completely transparent. But you can't play it anywhere. Anyway. But. but How can you play it when you hire people that that, that do things that morally you say, "Mm, it's not good. Because you can always claim ignorance. You can always spin it to a way. Yeah. it, you, we hear it all the time. We hear. How can someone play ignorant to what Hugh Freeze has done? I mean, there there are always ways for programs and universities to. Um, I don't want to say that they approve of them, but they don't necessarily condone them. To me, the the goalposts move depending on the coach. And the amount of success that you've had. Mm -hmm. If you're a coach that has had minimal success, guess what? Your leash is not going to be as long. And if you're somebody that has had a, you know, a track record of taking teams to bowl games and, and, you know, generating revenue, and especially now that you've got the NIL money coming in, it's all about what is the revenue that you can generate for the university because everything it, it's it's always like it's it's like a star right it's like it comes here and it burns out mm-hmm. and then they find the next one it comes and it burns out i mean to me I, that's why you see so many of these coaches come and go and they're recycled because there's a pattern of behavior morals be damned if you come out and say you know we don't agree with this person morally well guess what now you've got you know you've got parents You've got alumni, you know, you've got, uh, you know, donors, you've got all sorts of people that can, that can play. Well, why would you hire this somebody if you knew that they were of questionable moral character? And we knew this for a while though. Like we've seen this stuff with the, um, Rick Patino's before. Yeah. Oh, like we've seen this for years. There's a reason why certain coaches get. Tons of opportunities. If you win, you're going to get the rehab uh, treatment. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, even if you go to a place like Iona, and, I mean, how many people could put their finger on a map and say, I know where Iona's at? Because I don't. I think it's in New York somewhere. That's all I know about it. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's all about Look at wins. Bruce Pearl. Is he at Iona? 
No, Bruce Pearl, <laughs> you know he's at Auburn, and yeah, he's had he's, a lot of shaky things going on. Oh, absolutely. Throughout his career. Yeah, but again, if you can go a few years without having anything scandalous, guess what? That gets swept under the rug. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, he's turned the page. You know, it becomes ignored. It's not even that this person has turned the page. We've got such a short-term memory when it comes to what people – because a lot of the things that they did to get their football coach fired, well, guess what? Some of it, it was fabricated. It was made up by people that wanted reasons for him to be gone. And now you've got somebody who has actually had issues with, you know, escorts. So, to me, you fabricated a reason to get rid of a good coach in order to bring in somebody – who actually did something morally wrong, and you're okay with it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a big problem. That's, that's a huge problem. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's about wins, recruits, money, not about morals. Uh, speaking of morals, in the final segment, we'll take a glance at uh, what's going on in Georgia with the runoff. Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock, final segment of the Lake Show, next. All right, final couple of minutes here. On the Lake Show on this Tuesday evening, tomorrow night. Hot stove show into Timberwolves pregame, and then I've got Timberwolves tonight after that. Thursday, I'm off. Stevie T in the mix on Thursday, and then I'm back with you guys Friday. Prior to T-Wolves again. Currently, got a couple of the television sets on... As you're watching the U.S. Senate runoff in the state of Georgia between Raphael Warnock, the incumbent, and Herschel Walker. And right now, Warnock has a lead 50.3% to Walker with 49.7%. And we anticipate that this lead for Warnock is going to grow as more of the results come in from the Atlanta area, Fulton County, mm-hmm. and and we'll see how it plays out. But I must say that <laughs> it is very discouraging that this many people would put confidence in Herschel Walker from all that we've learned about Herschel Walker in this election cycle season. He might be one of the most embarrassing candidates that has ever been on a ballot. This man who claims that he's anti-abortion, but pro-abortion, really, because he's had them. The height of hypocrisy. A man who's suffering from mental illness who has who says he has multiple personalities mm-hmm. who's into playing russian roulette who has assaulted several females including women that he's fathered children with he speaks about kids that are fatherless, and he's been one of the gentlemen that has ran from his kids, according to his kids. 
Herschel Walker getting this amount of support from people. Man, my faith in humanity sometimes, it wanes. He will not win this race, though. I don't think that he's going to. Warnock's going to win this. And we'll put Herschel Walker to to bed, to rest. He go but, back it, to Texas. It, but, but it is disappointing. It is. It, to me, I, I have a hard time looking at Herschel Walker and saying, okay, in terms of being a senator, what can Herschel Walker do for his constituents? Yes. Like, what is it, what are the positive traits that Herschel Walker can bring on behalf of Georgia? And Republicans in Georgia know this. I feel like he's just being used. He's a pawn, right? And he, I don't think he realizes that he's being used by the Republicans. And, but no, you know no, what? he knows. He doesn't care. <laughs> I just, I, I look I'm, at... Not, I'm not going to act like Herschel Walker's innocent. No, 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 no. I, I just, I don't get it either, Henry. I just, I shake my head at what's going on in Georgia. And when you and I were kind of talking about, you know, where this you know, how this might shake out, you know, Atlanta, I mean, you know, you know, Cobb County, Fulton County, because, you know, you were down in that area. So whatever you say about that, like I completely trust and like defer to you when it comes to that. But as of right now, we're, we're even at that, you know, 50, 50 mark where it's that close. Yeah. It shouldn't even be that close. Shouldn't be. No. But you know, America. This is life. This, this is, is this is the America. This is it, man. I uh, know. All right, everybody. We've had a fun show, fun night. Thanks for all the participations, especially in the first hour. A lot of twinge conversation. But uh, tomorrow night, I will talk to you guys after rules basketball with Timberwolves tonight. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you then. Right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 